Welcome to this episode of Feedstuff's Precision Pork. I'm Sarah Muirhead. With me today are Aaron Holmes, Technical Swine Nutritionist with ProVimi, and Don Geesting, Micronutrition Innovation Lead with ProVimi. Welcome to you both. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, mycotoxins and byproducts. Don, let's start with you. Earlier this year, um, mycotoxin contamination in corn distillers grain was a pretty big issue. Can you explain a bit about how certain processing techniques can influence toxin load? Sure, Sarah. Uh, When we're talking about byproducts and processing, there's really two important principles to be aware of. Uh, One is that mycotoxins are really resilient molecules. That is, they are not destroyed or meaningfully reduced by most wet and dry milling processes. So what's in the corn eventually ends up uh, either in the finished product or more often in the byproducts. As we take out the starch or protein or oil fractions for other high value applications, much of the toxin ends up in these byproducts. And thus the mycotoxin level in the byproduct is commonly three to five fold higher than in the original grain. And and luckily it doesn't appear there's many issues with mycotoxins this year. What does that mean then for byproducts? Do producers still need to be concerned? Do they need to be aware? You know, what all should be on their mind? Yeah, great question. Since the byproduct uh, toxin levels correlate really strongly with the toxin loads in the grains from which they're produced, in general, this year's corn crop is somewhat less contaminated with mycotoxins than past years. Uh, So we expect the, the byproducts to be somewhat less contaminated. However, we can't be too complacent for a couple of reasons. One is um, all of the corn crop carryover from last year is lower this year than last. There's still a meaningful amount of old crop corn that's going to enter processing streams over the coming months. And these could produce some uh, maybe somewhat isolated higher toxin loads in in DDGs or other corn products. Also, while the toxin risk overall is somewhat lower in corn, especially in the western and northwestern corn belt this year, it's not lower in the eastern corn belt. Uh, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania have seen relatively um, high levels of rain during the harvest season and and in turn relatively high levels of corn and are done in corn. So we anticipate and are starting to see trends where the DDG levels, um, while declining in the Western Corn Belt, are persisting or even getting higher in the Eastern Corn Belt. So when we talk about DDGs and and byproducts, are there certain toxic toxins that we really need to be aware of? Are there some that are, you know, kind of commonly found together, more, more toxins in certain byproducts, in other words? Yeah, generally the most problematic mycotoxin in corn byproducts such as DDGs or corn gluten meal is uh, deoxynevalanol, which is sometimes abbreviated DON or recognized by the common name vomitoxin. Uh, DON prevalence is is also uh, predominant in wheat mids and related wheat byproducts. 
Um, one other consideration is that as zeralinone is another toxin produced by the same fusarium molds that produce vomitoxin. Uh, that's another toxin to keep an eye on, although its prevalence is somewhat lower and, and it generally is at a, com a, a lower level than Don. Um, this year in the Western Corn Belt and in, in some of the South, the grains uh, have somewhat of a higher load of aflatoxin and fumonisin. So that's a risk that could occur in some of the DDGs uh, in, in these Western and Southern areas as well. So what exactly then are the risks that would be associated with using contaminated byproducts? So an important principle to keep in mind when we're talking about how do we use these byproducts is that their risk is, is tied to two factors. What inclusion are they gonna have in the diet? And then of course, what toxin levels are they carrying? In other words, a byproduct may have a higher toxin load, but it's generally used at a lower feeding rate than a grain. And so its effect is, is somewhat muted. However, if a producer should, it, for example, increase the level of DDGs from say 10% of the diet to 20% of the diet because of an economic advantage, that's also doubling the toxin load coming from that ingredient. And that could take it, take it from a non-issue to a, to a more meaningful risk issue if you raise the, the, uh, the amount of a byproduct in the diet. So Aaron, let's talk economic impact of using um, DDGs in swine diets. Is there, um, what's, what's the benefit there and what about the risk when it comes to any kind of um, mycotoxins? Yeah, so when we talk about using byproducts, um, in this case, DDGs, um, we look at using those in diets because they offer um, a great savings to the diet and the diet represents um, a majority of uh, production costs in, in pork production. So it can be a very um, significant reduction in the overall cost of production. Uh, nutritionally, uh, DDGS can be um, a very good source of energy, um, a good source of amino acids, as well as digestible phosphorus. Um, so depending upon um, how much is fed, there are a couple you know, drawbacks. One being um, it can reduce carcass yield a little bit. Um, and then also there's that factor um, of mycotoxins, which Don has just talked about, where it can be a little bit more concentrated, but we also have to weigh that with how much um, is being fed in the diet. So those two drawbacks are certainly something uh, that can be managed. So is it worth the risk to, to feed these byproducts? Yeah, so good question. So this is uh, one example of a way that we work with customers to make uh, these decisions. So if left unmonitored, unmanaged, um, there are uh, mycotoxins can pose a risk. It's going to depend a little bit on different life stages. Some are more sensitive than others. So, for example, nursery pigs or lactating sows, 
uh, grow finished pigs are going to be can handle a little bit more um, mycotoxin load without seeing any uh, negative impact. So, you know, we take into account these different factors. Um, there are then different ways that we can manage the mycotoxin load in the complete feed. Um, we can look at different sources. We can segregate um, product to different life stages. And then even after all those measures, there are products out there that can help reduce um, kind of that load, that effect on the animal that mycotoxins can have. So even despite the cost of such a, a mitigant product, um, distillers can still offer a saving. So that's where we weigh all of those different costs and risks and, and options that we have um, for any given producer to make the decision um, of their economic advantage, well as that element of risk. Is there a specific recommendation you have for producers who typically use DDGSs in diets? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is to do your best to know what you're working with. Um, there are sources out there that have good databases on different sources. Um, certainly testing um, yourself can be very advantageous. Um, so as well as the monitoring the complete feed. So, you know, it's it's always good to have um, a representative sample, which can mean um, taking several samples to really understand the whole picture well. So then if there was one piece of advice that you'd give swine producers using byproducts, what would it be? Mm -hmm. I think you can put it pretty succinctly by saying, you know, monitor, manage, and mitigate. Uh, those kind of describe the three, um, those three steps describe several of the factors that uh, we've previously talked about um, now. Um, really, the biggest thing is, you know, first step, uh, really got to monitor and know what we're working with. Don, what about you? Your one piece of advice you'd give swine producers using or looking to use byproducts? Yeah, if I were going to sum up this uh, consideration, I'd say byproducts are certainly a valuable tool. but And when used properly, they can have a great positive impact on animal producers' economic success. But like any tool, if poorly handled or improperly applied, they can cause some bad outcomes. I want to thank you so much for joining us here today and for all the great information on mycotoxins and byproducts. For Feedstuffs Precision Pork, I'm Sarah Muirhead.